to copy I've never, I never thought the future of the NFL would be Pac-12 football. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hello and welcome in to the Important Nonsense Podcast for Week 12. I am this week your host, Neil Smith. You can find me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Neil. With this week, my co-host, Mr. Steve Bonham. You can find him on at Nonsense underscore Steve. Steve, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm lovely. Traded in my 60-degree weather of Texas for the 20s of Chicago, so freezing, but otherwise good. Yep, and as you can probably tell, uh, we are doing kind of a remote show this week. So I'm going to drive. Live, and, uh, on location. Live, on location, from one of Steve's family members' houses in Chicago. The strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. So we apologize if there is any background noise on Steve's end that is impossible to clean up. We are doing oh, our best. Oh, there will to be. That, there but will be. You can probably already hear the talking of his children in the background. So uh, that's why I'm driving. Steve's on uh, push to talk. Raging fans. <laughs> Raging fans. Yeah, they love it. Oh, they love it. Push to talk is, is uh, a big part of this here. So uh, <laughs> uh, let's dive right in to the news. The football preview. Halfback. Passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Extra, extra, read all about it! And stats. (laughs) You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Hey! All right, first up on the docket, heading into this weird Thanksgiving week of football. So just a friendly reminder to all of you, uh, games start on Thursday, and there's three, and then business as usual resumes after that with an abbreviated slate on Sunday and a Monday night game, which I know you're looking since it's Titans, Texans. Steve, the one person looking forward to that game after last after last night's possible best game of the year, possible best game I've seen in like three years. <laughs> so, uh, first up, Jimmy Graham could miss four to six weeks. Uh, he broke his thumb last week, unfortunately, uh, and uh, surprisingly, he's going to attempt to play through this. And they say he's going to be trying out multiple different splints at practice this week, trying to find one that will allow him to still catch the football. Uh, technically, it is possible for him to play. I mean, his pain tolerance would have to be pretty extreme. Sounds like it is. Uh, I would lower expectations if he is going to play. And frankly, Steve, it's best to make other arrangements, right? Absolutely. And, and we haven't been high on Jimmy Graham anyway, but half of a Jimmy Graham or a portion of a Jimmy Graham is much worse. Yeah, he already wasn't having a huge target share. I mean, he was already having issues with dropping the ball anyway. Plus, the Packers aren't putting up the output, frankly, consistently that they have in the past. I, I we, we agree. Find another option than playing Jimmy Graham. Uh, and I hope he wasn't your only tight end heading into the playoffs because you've probably got to make some arrangements quickly. Meanwhile, uh, shifting gears, staying in the division. Carryon Johnson uh, leaves the game in the second half with a knee injury. However, he dodged a major bullet with this one, and he escapes with just a knee sprain. Uh, it, looked, it looked a lot worse. The MRI comes back, just a knee sprain. Uh, he is likely going to miss 
one to two weeks. So he will, in all likelihood, uh, be missing this Thursday game. But that was against Chicago. You probably didn't want to have to deal with that anyway. So with him being sidelined for this game and potentially for another game beyond that, uh, LeGarrette Blunt will likely see an uptick in carries. At least he will be the first one to get a bite at that apple. Uh, and then Theo Reddick could see a small uptick in targets, although his role is pretty much the same no matter what. And throwing back is a complete tragedy. He did make the waiver wire column just on the fact that he caught seven passes. He's going to catch seven passes. Running back is that bad. That that's it's, it's He's going to have to be owned. Uh, Steve, is there a chance for a third guy? Uh, I mean, the third guy would be Zach Zenner, uh, who we have seen in the past. Remember, there's no more Amir Abdullah. He's in Minnesota now. So Zach Zenner is the guy who could be uh, kind of the fill-in there, but we've seen that story before. If, there, if there's any have. Uh, secondary running back, I guess you would call it, from uh, Detroit that isn't on Johnson because of the absence, it's probably Theo Riddick, and it's not probably close. In PPR, I think it's definitely Theo Riddick. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt is going to, like I said, gets the first bite at this apple. He's been horrible this year. You I really mean, didn't need to put the this just, year disclaimer in on that. Like, I know, but it's worse this year, actually, than in years past. He's actually, his yards per... Uh, yards per attempt because their line is so bad is down and his actual like yards per carry is down as well, which is always low. And then he's not getting any of those rushing touchdowns. I just, even if he got full thing, I just don't see it being effective. So theoretic, I think is the one you want. I agree with you in PPR. He is certainly the one you want. And it's not even a question. Meanwhile, oh boy, this is all right. We're going to pour one out here. We're going to, we're going to pour one out. Alex Smith suffers a broken tibia and fibula in the most gruesome injury we've seen this year, possibly the last few years. Uh, don't Google it. If you haven't seen it, just take our word. This is not, it's not one you want to see. Uh, he had a grade three injury, meaning the bone actually went through the skin. So I don't mean to be gross, but that's my point. Don't Google it. Uh, he actually today was revealed. He has a spiral break, meaning that the inside of his leg actually like completely twisted and it just completely destroyed like everything ligaments the bones it's all it's all bad uh it's gonna be a long and tough road for smith yeah neither do i it's gonna be a long and tough road for smith who's 34 to be able to recover and come back in time for next year there are some people who've already started speculating that this could just be the end of it so i wish him the best we wish him the best i should say we wish alex smith the best absolutely that is never that that was totally brutal so pour one out for alex smith uh, so for fantasy purposes, the new quarterback of your Washington team is going to be Colt McCoy. Okay. And by the way, they signed Mark Sanchez as the backup. He's off his steroid suspension, I think. So that's a real thing. People look it up. I don't know how that uh, works too, because he wasn't rostered. So I'm fairly certain with that. He has to be rostered four games before he can play, right? One would, one would, one would assume, right? But I have no idea how that actually gets calculated. One would assume that's correct because that's logical, but it's the NFL. So, uh, do you care for fantasy purposes? I do not about Mark Sanchez. I am not. No, no, no. About Colt McCoy being the starter in in Washington. We don't care that Mark Sanchez. I mean, that's just more. This week and this week's the last week of uh, bye weeks. So, yes, yes, it is. Playing the Cowboys on the road, tough matchup. Probably not. There's probably better streaming options out there. What what people don't remember is Colt McCoy is actually a very mobile guy. 
He actually gets yes, out of the pocket and moves so. a lot and can actually get you a decent rushing floor. The problem is, has always been the turnovers. If he can limit the turnovers, then with the rushing floor, he'd actually be a solid week-to-week streamer, especially with how Washington has played this year. The, but uh, the issue, as I said, is is can he actually keep the ball with his own team? Yeah. Also, not the picture of health himself, uh, lest we forget. True. So that. my my uh, my takeaway is I actually it's a small downgrade to all of the Washington pass catchers except Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed goes way up because if you actually go back and care to look at this, I saw a breakdown on Twitter and I apologize because I did not write down the gentleman's name uh, or handle. I normally like to shout people out, but he had gone through and done the homework that I hadn't had time to do. And it had come up with the fact that Jordan Reed has had some of his most successful uh, outings with Colt McCoy. And they seem to have a connection that goes back a ways because Colt McCoy has been the backup there for quite a while and has played. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. I, I he's the, he goes up to me. Everybody else goes down a bit. But the problem with that whole statement is how much further could you lower them? They were already like rock bottom. Anyway. Right. It, so basically for me, it's like Adrian Peterson. And over the last four years Green. or whatever the stat is, Alex Smith has thrown to tight ends more than any other QB. So how yes. much more could you really so, put up Jordan Reed? Right. Exactly. So my whole well, a little. But my whole thing is so for me, it's like for the for the Washington team, you're you're looking at. Week to week, the only people that are really startable at this point are Adrian Peterson and uh, Jordan Reed. And that's really it. And, you, and Chris I was going to say Chris Thompson if he ever comes back. So that would be it. So really that's it, I think, moving forward for them, unfortunately, unless Maurice Harris or somebody cares to step up and do something. Meanwhile, Marcus Mariota. Boy, this is just brutal. I feel like we do this story like every two weeks. Marcus Mariota left game early with an elbow injury. Want me to laugh, but it does like every two weeks. It's very fortunate with this one. It appears is they are just reporting this as a stinger. He hopes to play in week twelve. Uh, for me, I monitor the injury reports on this one, and you will likely want to make some other arrangements. They're playing on Monday night. I don't know unless the practice reports were just glowing that he's suffering no adverse effects. I think I'd be a little a little. I also just don't like playing him against Houston's defense as much as. As much as I know you love to hear that. Uh, so you you might want to make other arrangements. We'll see if he can play. If he can't play, we go back to Yo Gabbert Gabbert with the curse of Blaine Gabbert, who if he's on your team, <laughs> he's got to start at some point in the season. Right. And for me, if he is starting, uh, or even if it's a threat to play, like they're going to try Mariota out, but he might he might have to give way at some point if, if you know, a situation like Sammy Watkins on Monday night where they tried to put him out there and he ran like one play and was like, nope, can't do this. Uh, if something like that happens, I lower all the Titans. We saw what Blaine Gabbert looked like last week against the Colts, and that Colts defense is not good. So it's it's uh, same, yeah. same. Anything yep. to add with, on it? With yeah. only the Rams and the uh, Chiefs on the bye this week, I believe I have that correct. It's only the two teams. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, just so those we, two. They're yeah. the last two teams. So uh, 30 teams playing this week, but six of them playing on Thursday, and this game isn't until Monday. So yeah. there's still 22 quarterbacks going out there on Sunday that you could play instead of Marcus Mariota. And what has he done for you at this point that you have to put him in your lineup, whether he's playing or not? Because otherwise the alternative is to pick up Blaine Gabbert. 
that's why this is a thing. He's looked better the last couple of weeks. And yeah, no, don't, don't pick up Lane. Oh, I agree. He's been hot recently. It's we talked about this yeah. early in the year where it was we were kind of waiting out the Mariota injury to see how long he could recover from the elbow injury he had earlier in the year. And once he finally got healthy, it seemed like he he strung together three games in a row where he was really good and looked really efficient. And now all of a sudden, another elbow injury back to a week-to-week thing we're looking at. Yep. All right. Well, there it is, folks. No Blaine Gabbert. Make other options for Mariota for at least one week, but probably don't have to necessarily cut him. And yeah, uh, get Jameis off waivers. Meanwhile, Jameis Winston to start for the Buccaneers in Week 12. Catch that fever. Fitz Magic got Fitz benched again for throwing three picks against the Giants, which they were bad picks. Uh, Scott Hansen referred to the third one as it looked like uh, he was playing a game of 500, and he just threw it straight into the just high and arcane and straight to the back of the end zone where there was four people. Only one of them was the receiver on his team. <laughs> and, uh, Winston came in and looked very confident again. I wrote about it in the waiver column. He's a must-add. The Bucks just – they've proven that they move the ball no matter who is under center. And it's just been those two guys just trading off big performances. They're the number one passing offense in the league so far this year, which is just staggering. They can't score any points, but they load up on passing yards. Well, it's also the fact so, that their defense has them behind every possible chance they get. And then so. they also can't run the ball. They have 3,200 passing yards and 900 rushing yards. Go. That's There it is. That's the exact stats. They are brutal in a lot of phases of the game that aren't. Yeah, but again, I think field. that's that and plays a lot into the game management where they're constantly playing from behind. They don't run it as much as other teams. Yeah, and they have Peyton Barber, who's looked okay. So maybe it's not that they can't the quiz do this show. game flow. Yeah. One good game this year. The failed Ronald that Jones experiment. Yeah. He's hurt now. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, so far, total failure. Uh, so anyway, just Winston, must add, feel free to start him. Uh, just take my advice that I always give on when you have Jameis Winston and want to start him. Don't watch the game. And if you do watch the game, just be prepared for the usual bonehead plays, fumbles, random interceptions and just general inaccuracy that is Jameis Winston. That's what he is. Like there is, there is upside and there is serious upside when he gets it all going, but just be prepared for when it looks like he's finally clicking. And then he fumbles the ball inexplicably or throws a horrible interception. Like it's just, that's just always plagued his game. Meanwhile, (laughs) staying with the bucks, OJ Howard done for the season with ankle and shoulder injuries. Uh, Pour one out. He was having a pretty pretty solid second year in the league, and it's unfortunate that it's cut short here. Uh, Steve, tight end, somehow as a position, finds a way to keep getting worse. We're not sure how. The one silver lining to this, I guess, if you want to think of it that way, uh, Cameron Brait is now a must-add, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of clears up that whole confusion there, doesn't it, of, of who to play week in, week out, the whole uh, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron thing they have going on in Indy. Now you know it's Cameron Brait on a weekly basis because there is no other option. Yep, and he hasn't looked great, but, I mean, they're going to be down and throwing the ball, and he's a red zone weapon already. So he's going to get his load and O.J. Howard's load. He he has to be a must-add. He's he's a uh, – if you're if you're tight end desperate – Yeah, and you mentioned it with how, thing, how much of a dumpster fire – hashtag dumpster fire – the uh, entire 
position is, it's it's hard not to add. Yeah. Them. What I was going to say, by the way, to tie it back to where we started, to close off the meaty part of the news here, if you'll, you're dealing with Jimmy Graham, Cameron, may I introduce you to Cameron Braid? Like that's that's probably your pickup right there. Yep. So, uh, a couple quick hits, and then we're going to close out the news. Uh, Josh Allen is on track to start week 12 for the Bills. We only mention it because he missed last week. And against all odds, Mac Barkley came in off the street and looked great. They're saying they're going to go back to Josh Allen because of the rookie. Uh, okay. Well, we know what that looks like. So, you know, right. temper your Bills offense. We go back to the Bills. The Bills mean the Bills. Bad offense, good defense. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, was, it was announced, he's going to be back as the starter for the Dolphins. So, Goodbye to the Brock Osweiler show, at least for the time being. Uh, and then a, just a few other weirdly Dolphins notes. Jakeem Grant, the Dolphins, really speedy uh, wide receiver who a lot of people kind of, you know, it was him and uh, Albert Wilson, fast Albert. Wilson. Well, yeah, Wilson done on IR. Now Jakeem Grant's done on IR. They are running out of wide receivers in Miami. And I had mentioned in the waiver column, that I liked Danny Amendola as a pickup, but I liked it a lot more if it's Brock Osweiler. Because when Osweiler has been starting, Amendola keeps putting up 14s in PPR because he just uses him as a safety blanket. He runs that little route that Amendola has run his entire career where it's like five yards and it's a little curl, and he just keeps throwing it to him. So Amendola's been involved when it's Osweiler. He's been terrible, frankly, when Tannehill is under center. So, however... Now, due to lack of anything else, lack of any of any other weapons, it is possible that you may want to just pick up Amendola anyway because it's literally him and no one else. Well, Devontae Parker so, should be uh, back Tannehill, this week as well. Devontae Parker will be back, but there, ha- but that's the good part. There has to be some other kind of guy, uh-huh. otherwise they would triple cover Danny Amendola. Right. So at least there's one other guy, but there's literally like they're running out of bodies. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, it might not be as bad. So Danny Amendola, probably okay. Uh, and last one, Marvin Jones, still dealing with a bone bruise in his knee that he picked up. Uh, he missed last week with it, picked it up in uh, in week 10. And it is trending very strongly towards him not being able to play in the Thursday night game against the Bears. And I would argue that's probably good for people who own Marvin Jones that actually want to use him down the stretch because – don't need him playing hurt in a season where the Dolphins, where, where the, the Lions aren't going anywhere against the Bears, who have just been absolutely shutting people, to, shutting people down. Go Bears! For once, it's not ironic. It feels good. Right? So unusual. Ah, it's good when it's not ironic. Oh, man. Anyway, all right, that concludes the news. And as we do at this time every week, we want to shout out Aiden uh, at FF Aware for helping us out with his daily awareness column. Uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays, come on down, get your daily uh, breakdowns from Aiden. Uh, Steve owes Aiden in like 12 cuts. I at think least, is what we're at, at now. Least. Like it's so, yeah. So Aiden, make sure you get a check from Steve at the end of the season. And uh, thank you for all the good work that you do. Once again, that's at FF aware uh, for daily analysis. And now Steve, you know what it's time for. May I play devil's advocate for a moment? It's time for some devil's advocate. Who the devil are you? Debating the topics. There's still one thing that doesn't make sense. The community is talking about. Now, what were we talking about? <laughs> um.
All right. Fired up. Fortunately, the teams are not on, on by anymore. <laughs> so this 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 got easier. Uh, first up on the chopping block. I don't know if it, for those of you who maybe didn't see it. There was a new running back who kind of separated himself, got an opportunity and really made the most of it. Shockingly in Baltimore, uh, where just about everybody has looked pretty disappointing this year. That man's name, as we all know, Gus Edwards, the undrafted rookie out of Rutgers. That I no one. He was owned in 0.0% of fantasy leagues coming into that game. And he was uh, 15 for 117 yards and a score. And I believe he had one reception. So just, okay, Steve, we and I have talked about this, like feels like every week running back is a complete tragedy. Like it, there is, it, there's like 20 guys you want. Yeah. And then it just goes off a cliff. So, and as we already kind of touched, as I touched on a second ago, Buck Allen has been droppable for a while. Uh, <laughs> just, so really there's, there's two ways to look at this. Must add or flash in the pan. And I'll just do the flash in the, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll do, uh, do flash I'll do the, the flash pan. in the yep. pan. I'll do flash in the pan. Yeah. So it's one game. It's a one game sample size where they just had to, they had to make something happen and they did. And that's really the beginning and the end of it. Who's this undrafted kid out of rookies? Get off my lawn with that. It's really not a complex argument. That's really what it is. It boils down to it's one game. Do it again. That's most people's counter argument to this. So I'll let you lay out the the argument for Gus Edwards. Yeah, for the entire season, Edwards, the first 10 weeks, came in playing 31 snaps for the entire season. He had 15 rush attempts for 64 yards. And then last week, he led the team with 49 snaps, had 17 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. I mean... They, they've been desperate for playmakers. They're going to take Kenneth Dixon off of IR here in a week or so when he's eligible to return. Alex Collins just has not worked out this year. We warned you about that in the preseason to be cautious. And Buck Allen has been Buck Allen. So uh, they, they've needed a playmaker at the running back position all season long. The guys they've had out there have not been getting the job done. Buck Allen and uh, Alex Collins are both rated as negative players. According to PFF metrics, Gus Edwards had a 4.2 from last week above zero, above replacement level. So, yeah, it, it's a guy that they uh, they need to do work for them out of the backfield there. And it, it looks like they may have something, and they're going to run with the hot hand. And I completely agree with that. The uh, So if you read the waiver column, he was my, uh, like, kind of 1B, number two kind of waiver pickup. It's basically him and Josh Adams. Like those are the those right. are the, the main running back guys that you're looking at, and uh, no, I completely buy in to to that because the Ravens are still the Ravens. They're trying to go to the playoffs. They realize that Alex Collins has been bad, and he has been. There's a reason why he got that touchdown early in the game, came out, looked flat, and they didn't even stick with it again. Because we're deep enough into the season that they've seen him times. Like he's not, he's consistently not doing it for us. He he can get something, and then he looks good. And then it's just negative play, negative play, and he wipes out all the good work he did, uh, dear, to your and PFF's point. And Buck Allen is Buck Allen. So the final note on this, rest of the Ravens, droppable? 
Buck Allen is for sure dropping. Yeah, Buck Allen for sure. Alex Collins is trending that direction, and I would say probably yes. I mean, uh, running back is such a disaster. But but Gus Edwards has clearly passed him on the depth chart. And as I already mentioned there, Kenneth Dixon's coming back and will pass him and make him third. So I don't like it. You can ring, try and ring whatever value you want out of Alex Collins the rest of the way. But if you wanted to cut Alex Collins at this point, even just before it happens, before it's officially over, I'm not going to fault you. Uh, all right, let's move on. And let's, we kind of touched on it a second ago. Uh, Josh Adams, the other hot running back pickup uh, this week. He, you know, so I would argue that he actually delivered more than we thought he would, Steve, because he caught three passes. And you and I, I was sitting there with my mouth hanging open, like, three passes? What? And then he fell in the end zone. So, to me, the argument that's being had is, obviously, Josh Adams is a must-add. Running back is, is, is like that. He's going to be added. So the question then becomes, that people are having, what do we do with the rest of these guys in Philly? What are we doing here right. with any of this? And so there's two ways to look at it, and I'll do the uh, – I'll do the uh, – the – the you want to stand pat with uh, with some of these guys. So again, it's a one game sample size, and you know Smallwood's been bad, so you probably don't want to hold on to that. But they're going to find a guy to catch passes because they, they're not going to ask Josh Adams to do that reliably. So you probably want to stand pat and see who that guy is before you just cut bait on on everything else that isn't Josh Adams because it seems like based on that performance, he was the only one that got anything going and has been for a while. So they're probably just going to keep feeding him. That's the dominant, the dominant argument. But you want to hold on to see who that scat back type of thing is going to be, and I'll let you do the counterpoint to that. Uh, I would say that they've been trying to make it a one-man show all year. They wanted Jay Ajayi to be the only guy getting work out of there, and when he went down, it kind of became a committee because they had no one guy that could take it over. If Adams is the one guy that can take it over, then the other guys are just special teams fodder that – have no fantasy relevance and are completely droppable. And I would say, by the way, for the record, before we completely move off this topic, that that is absolutely the way I feel. Yeah, that's uh, that's. So for my actual opinion, for my actual opinion, I think Clement and Smallwood are both droppable. uh, And I think Josh Adams is the guy you want rest of season. If you want to wait and hold on to one of those two guys, I would probably cut them and then just wait for one of them to emerge on the waiver wire if one of them is going to do it. But to be perfectly honest with you, how I feel about it is it's going to be Adams. And then the other two are going to split half a job. So they'll eat into each other's value in a role that peripherally would have had value to begin with. Cause they're not like Smallwood's been terrible though. So I would say just, you can probably just move on and go pick up Gus Edwards. See if you can win that lottery ticket. Right. Uh, so yeah, Gus Edwards, Josh Adams must add, Last one, Lamar Jackson. Look, I mean, he's obviously a must-add, so let's just move on from that. Because I see people having that conversation, Stephen. I don't think you and I need to debate this. Yes, Lamar Jackson is a must-add. I mean, like, come on. The rushing floor. That's The, sweet, the question is sweet. when Joe Flacco comes back. So do you want to give up a usable piece off your bench because, you know, Flacco comes back and then Jackson goes back to being a backup? Well, that's the interesting question. So if we're going to do it, if we're going to do it in that context, then it does become more of a, more of a thing. I tend to lean towards the idea that I think you might have seen Joe Flacco play his last game as the Ravens starter. 
depending on how their season goes and how quickly if Lamar Jackson wins them a couple games then sure they could be a Kaepernick situation that's my point is that I I know that the Ravens are a team in transition right now and it's pretty apparent with a lot of what they're doing that they're they're actively trying to get a lot of their rookies and things like that involved right now because a lot of the established pieces haven't really been getting it done for them and this is Ozzie Newsom's last year as GM so it's entirely likely that at the end of this year, that with Ozzie Newsom re- retiring, that if they don't go to the playoffs, Harbaugh will be gone and Flacco will likely be gone as well. So that's my theory is that if Lamar Jackson wins them a couple games, which he already won the one, if he wins them one or two more and they keep winning with Lamar Jackson, they may just stick with it and then just ride out with with this as their as their thing because they want it. They want Lamar Jackson to start anyway. So that's the way I approach that. Do you have a different viewpoint on that? No, that makes sense. I just, okay. I still believe that if they're in a playoff contention, unless Lamar Jackson comes in and is the absolute truth, unless he comes in there and is setting the world on fire, which he was not, by the way, on then, Sunday, he was good, he was okay, but he he really struggled. Yeah, unless he can set the world on fire for them here, I think they're going to go back to Flacco. Okay, that's an interesting that's an interesting take on that. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. I view Lamar Jackson as a must add. Uh, frankly, with the buys being over, I would rather hold Lamar Jackson as my backup quarterback for the time being. There you go. He gets cut even in a redraft league. I'll just cut him right back to waivers and pick up something else because there's we're going to get out of the buys. So Lamar Jackson to me is a must add. Uh, to me, then the conversation that really matters that people are having is, okay, Lamar Jackson really did not look good throwing the football. He looks raw. Like he looks like a college player still out there trying well, to throw the football. They keep trying to the use him like a wide receiver. I know. And it's also because he uh, he hasn't really been getting all the reps with Flacco there. So he looks like a rookie. He's he's raw. The game looks like it's moving really fast for him, which is never good. But he is really fast. Man, that rushing floor is real. Like, he is athletic. I can understand why the Ravens saw, that, saw him and were like, yeah, yeah give me some of that. Because he is electric with the ball in his hand. But it tanked all the Ravens pass catchers. So the really simple one is all the Ravens pass catchers, if it's Lamar Jackson, droppable. Everybody, droppable. Just droppable. And I will take the, I will take the, uh, the droppable, the droppable side of this. Uh, did you see the stat lines? Michael Crabtree, one for seven. Oh boy. Oh, man, the only one who was any good at all was Willie Sneed, and that wasn't even anything to write home about. And it just feels like nobody's been able to to establish themselves in that offense all year. They can't get any kind of a rhythm going. Uh, for the record, Sneed was basically the high mark, and it was 5 for 51 with no score. You really don't like that. Uh, so conversely, just to put a fine point on it here, I mean, we're talking about we're talking about a guy who put up exactly 150 passing yards. All the value came from the rushing and he threw a pick in trying to put up 150 passing yards against the Bengals defense. That was just, it's just bad. It's just poor. Like it's poor in every metric that I could find. Like it's, they, they can't cover. They got their defensive coordinator fired already this year. Like they're bad. And Lamar Jackson came out and could only manage 150 passing yards to me, there's no one you want. If you want to hold on to Snead, fine. Uh, it's 
they're all effectively droppable at this point until until somebody can maybe reemerge. If you want to dump all your Ravens pass catchers, uh, feel free to do so. The only startable Ravens in this offense would be probably Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. Uh, so the counterpoint to that, they took 79 snaps as an offense last week, and Lamar Jackson only had 24 dropbacks. 24 out of 80 plays they called a pass play, effectively. Otherwise, it was handoffs, it was pitches, it was end-arounds, it was non-passing plays. They ran the option. Yeah. They were running it, Option Wildcat. It was they were going out of their way to keep the ball out of the rookies' hands because they knew how important the game was, and they, like you said, he it still looks fast for him, right? The game hasn't slowed down yet. He's still getting his legs underneath him, and to my point too, they've been using him more as a wide receiver and a running back than they have as a quarterback. They haven't been developing him properly as a QB, and credit to them for not starting RG three and actually starting Lamar Jackson and giving him the shot. But they only gave him 24 opportunities to throw the ball, and he actually only had 19 pass attempts. And if you go back and look at the film, like, he actually looked pretty decent in those opportunities. Like, there were a couple times when, yeah, he made some bad throws, and they were errant just like any other rookie. Like, you've seen Mitchell Trubisky have some issues overthrowing and underthrowing guys. Like, it happens in the first couple years of your career. But there were also plays where he... Avoided hits, he moved around in the pocket, who created a new pocket by transitioning left to right and hitting wide receivers down the field. Like, he's able to move around and, and make things happen out there and effective with his arm. And I think that's why the Kaepernick comparison is so spot on in so many ways here, because it's possible he comes in and supplants the old veteran there, like Alex Smith was taken over for in San Francisco in a year where they want to push and go to the playoffs. And they could have, you know, a decent run with the young QB who's mobile and has a very strong arm. It's just not very accurate. So real real analysis here. I think this comes down to roster construction. That's what I've been trying to tell people on the app is if you're in a position where you're actually, you know, starting Michael Crabtree or something like that or had been, A, my heart goes out to you, B, uh, you're going to have to make other arrangements temporarily. Am I just going to cut all my Ravens pass catchers? Have you seen wide receivers waiver wire right now? I mean, who do you like? Like, it depends on your league. If there's a better option. See, that's you the thing take, is fine. you look at John but, Brown, Willie Sneed, Michael Crabtree, not a single one of them, no matter the quarterback, is going to win you a week. Not a one. John Brown had a great opener to the season, but he seems to be falling back to earth at a fantastic yeah, none pace. None of them are going to win you a Michael week. Crabtree has had one good game all year. The reason you were hopeful for Michael Crabtree was the schedule gets so much easier for the Ravens. That's something that can't be overlooked here. Their schedule moving forward, Oakland, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and then they play the Chargers in Week 16, and they play Cleveland the last week of the year if you're unfortunate enough to have to deal with that. But did you hear, like, for your playoff run, Oakland, Atlanta, KC, Tampa Bay. Like, these are some of the best matchups that money can buy all in a row. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that you're going to have to wait for Lamar Jackson possibly and see if he can 
get more confident throwing the football and just get a little bit more accurate at it. I think one of these guys will eventually emerge as his kind of preferred target. I unfortunately can't tell you which one it will be. Uh, if I could, I wouldn't be doing this show from my house. I'd be doing it from Vegas uh, in a much bigger house. Um, so yeah, I think if that's kind of how John Brown, I think, has been droppable for a while. Yeah, that's because he's been a, a, a he's always been a home yeah. run threat, and if he's not getting the home run threats, for and him, he leads done. the team in yardage, he he's hit a couple home runs. Sneed, oh yeah, early in the season, that's what they were but, doing. They had that clicking, and recently it just. But hasn't Michael been Crabtree there. leads the team in targets with seventy eight, and does. Willie Sneed is close really behind wanna... him, and they both have a similar number of receptions with fifty and forty two. In PPR, those are the two. So I if it's PPR, either one of them are like, solid fill ins, but again. We're to the point now where it's your through buys. So really, the yeah. only reason you would need to hold on to those guys would be an injury replacement. Otherwise, you're looking at you know flyers. And if you've got three guys you feel really good about in your starting lineup, that you don't need to have the solid, consistent you know backup guy. Like there's never going to be a point when you're going to say Willie's needs starting for me this week. And if there is then you're not worried about a playoff run anyway because your team is not, is not decent enough to make the playoffs if you're relying on Willie Sneed week in and week out. I... Or you have the weirdest roster ever where you have, like, the most dominant starting lineup of all time and you just have terrible flex options. Pretty much. <laughs> the weirdest lineup in the That's world. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're where every week the you have terrible flex. But even that Adam Humphreys, Adam Humphreys is out there, and I'd rather play Adam Humphreys over any of the people we're talking about at this point. Like, I, then that's a guy you can yeah. go pick up. With the bye weeks done, I mean, these guys would literally just be filling into your starting lineup if you had an injury. And even then, there's probably guys like Josh Reynolds out there who you can grab off waivers that you're going to feel better about than, than playing Michael Crabtree or Willie Sneed. Yeah, and that's two guys then. Josh Reynolds, Adam Humphreys. Uh, I might even feel slightly better about playing Danny Amendola. I'd like to see one game of that before I had to do it if it was possible. But at the same time, at least Danny Amendola keeps putting up 14s. And I know what I said earlier about Osweiler, but it's like these are all players that are available that you can go pick up rather than trying to roll the dice on one of these Ravens. So like I said, it comes down to roster construction. But, yeah, we tend to trend, it seems like, to the idea that if you need to cut them, cut them. And if one of them comes good later, they'll probably be out there for you on the waiver wire. So I think that wrapped up Devil's Advocate, Steve. Nice and neat. I don't have any other uh, – I think we nailed All right, it. let's get into some uh, listener questions. Trust. Trust. I'm asking you. Trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. That fish you can trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Make the same mistake I made to win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Alright, Neil. This guy had O.J. Howard. Mm. Available tight ends, Jeff Hireman. Uh, Watson, not, who, not sure who that is, Smith, and Herndon. <laughs> you what is, grab. whoa, 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 <laughs> hold on. You just completely ghosted Ben Watson, Oh, Steve, Ben Watson, okay, there we go. 
I wasn't sure if that was genuine or if you were making some sort of joke. What? He's just Sorry, threw it. I and then Smith. Genuinely... I'm not sure. Is that Janu, maybe? Janu Smith. It's easier Janu when Smith they put in first Smith. names, too, or at least an initial. I know, Give but me I know something. who he's talking about. I know who I'm, – I'm, I'm with him. I got him. I got him. So it's it's Hireman, Herndon, Janu Smith, and uh, uh, Ben yeah. Watson is our options here. Does he specify PPR? Does not. Part? Okay. Um, I will assume PPR then. And of that group, Probably going Chris Herndon. He's the guy who's had the most consistent role. I had, I mean, Jeff Hireman's interesting yeah. as well. I think it's between those two. Hireman's interesting. I think it is between those two. I will say this. I had Ben Watson in the waiver column, and I had Herndon in the waiver column for sure. I don't really want to deal with Johnny Smith. Uh, the... Uh, the reason for Watson this week is because the Saints are playing the Falcons. See, you're saying so, for this week, though. This Fal- has got to be a long-term thing now with O.J. Howard. If, if it's a long-term thing, if we're doing a long-term thing, then I'm going to go Herndon? Because Herndon's had the bigger right. role, followed by a hireman. And I'm also going to be seeing if Cameron Brait is on the waiver wire. I'm going to assume no, because he wasn't on this list and you already had O.J. Right. Howard. But... I take braid over any of it if you somehow could make that happen. But other than that, uh, that's my order. I go Herndon and by Hire. Uh, standard scoring: Greg Olson or George Kittle? Got to be Kittle, right? And he's a top three Kittle. tight end Kittle. at this point. Kittle, Kittle, Kittle. Oh, okay, Kittle. so we both agreed uh, George Kittle. So same guy at his flex: Alex Collins, Tyler Boyd, John Brown, or what would be Greg Olson? Well, we're not doing John Brown. Or Collins. Uh, we, we already talked about that. Collins. so yeah, not doing either of those. So realistically, you're talking Boyd, about think. Greg Olson. Boyd. Boyd's been bad. So... <sighs> that's a tough one. Matchup against the Browns bad. at home. At the Browns at home. I'd feel better about Boyd if I knew A.J. Green was going to play. In fact, the way I'm going to answer this question is, if A.J. Green is playing, I go Boyd. If A.J. Green isn't playing, I seriously take a long look at Olsen. I think either way, I want Tyler Boyd. I, and that's the thing. I don't feel super strongly about it. It's just that Boyd's going to really bad I mean, A.J. But Green just... there. But you're just praying that one of them falls in the end zone at that yep. point, and I think Greg Olsen might be a better bet to do that. So that's why it's like, I hate to, I wish I could be more helpful to you, but that's that's the way I would go. Is I would I would do uh, if AJ Green is, is playing I'm totally rocking Boyd like there's no question at that point. Uh, I said Gus Edwards is available off waivers I would totally add that if you could. Oh I would totally add that I don't know if I'm gonna start it over some of those out. You want to start Gus Edwards maybe? Over Tyler Boyd. Over Tyler Boyd or Greg Olson? I mean yeah I would say if it's your flex yeah. I was gonna say I'm probably inclined to do that as well. And while I look into that, got, I, they're playing oh, Oakland. He said Cortland Sutton, that. Taylor Gabriel, Traquan, Adam Humphreys, those are all available on waivers, too. It sounds like waivers is much better than anything you got. Drop John Brown or yeah, Alex man, Collins like or go, both, and then yeah, pick up a couple of those you guys. You can go raid the waiver wire. There's some goodies on there. All right, half-point PPR. Drop MVS for Anthony Miller, Traquan Smith, or Kiki QT. If I'm doing it for anyone, it's Anthony Miller, but I I am... I think I'd rather hold MVS. I think I'd rather I'd hold I'd rather MVS have the guy well. who's playing with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's that, and it's also I'd rather... 
I think better days are ahead, frankly. I think what you saw last week was hit with the 1.8 is the worst game of his season for the rest of the year. I think much better days are ahead, frankly. And I love Anthony Miller, but he's not getting the ball consistently enough for me to want to drop MVS uh, yeah. for him. So I stand pat. Although Kiki QT is interesting because whenever he plays, it seems yeah. like he's a, got a huge role. It is. And he completely killed Demarius I... last week, which was shocking. Oh, man, he totally just put up all oh, the zero one target even the Marys. Yeah, bad. But I mean, yeah, no, he look, there's definitely something there. It's just the injuries. Mommy. It freaked me out with that. All right. Matt Ryan or Kirk cousins. Mm. Ryan against the saints. Matt yeah. Ryan. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Is Matt Ryan. I mean, you're, it's the Packers on Sunday night football, which should be a decent game, but that Saints game is just going to be an all-out shootout on Thursday night. I want – I will take that Matt Ryan. I know it was brutal last week, but I'm going back to the well. I love when we get QB questions and they throw in that it's PPR. <laughs> yeah, that's always, that's always crazy. In, yeah, that's in the crazy. event there's an end around and they throw it to the quarterback, who, this will, who will this help we more? Either have, we, either, we either have the same audience as the Dan Levitard show – because that's a running joke on their show, where people will ask quarterback questions and do PPR, or people are just <laughs> people just got yeah. jokes. I don't know. That's a that's a weird so thing. So PPR format, Neil. Uh, Jameis Winston against the Niners. Yeah. Or yeah. Lamar Jackson against the Raiders. Oh God. I go Jameis as much as it makes me feel dirty, because it's the Niners. And they're just gonna roll down the field on the Niners' terrible defense all day. He's gonna turn. He's gonna find a way to turn the ball over like twice. But it, 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 I still think he's gonna wind up with a nice day. God, that's so close, isn't it? It really is. It's like splitting a hair on a knife. Like it's, it's a real finesse one that because Lamar is gonna have a ton of rushing yards against Oakland's tragedy of a defense right now. It's almost like they had a pass rusher. Yeah, I'm with you, though. I'm going to go with Jameis, and the only reason I say that is because with the Ravens' defense against the Raiders at home, it's possible that they just run the ball all day long and win that game 10-0. It's also entirely possible that that with the Ravens' defense against the Oakland offense, that the Ravens' defense has three interceptions. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like They never have to score, whereas the Bucks' defense is so bad that even against the Niners, they're going to have to put up points. Niners are going to move the ball. It's part of the reason why I went Kittle. True story. It's the whole whole thing there. So, no, I completely – I completely – it's close. It is close. You're right to ask, but I got to go Winston. All right, uh, PPR, Steph Diggs or T.Y. Hilton for the rest of the season? God. This is like a trade question in disguise or something. Like, who do I want to hold the rest of the year? Or do you play in the weirdest waiver wire nebula ever? Well, it's not a waiver uh, thing. It could be a trade question, but more than likely it's I own both of these guys. Who should I be playing or holding on to? Well, if it's that, or you hold on to them both. Right. I'm going to go T.Y., though. I mean, look, he's got... I think I'm going to go T.Y. He has that true connection with Andrew Luck, the way they pass the ball so much, high-powered offense, decent schedule, and he's their home run hitter and their consistent PPR guy all wrapped into one. So 
I feel like that's what I want. It's more and weird. It, they both the injuries cancel out. Look, we have said this They've for both... how long now, Neil? That T.Y. Hilton is a top ten wide receiver if Andrew Luck stays healthy. And Andrew yep. Luck is on the and field. He stays healthy. And yeah. T.Y. Hilton stays healthy. And Andrew healthy. Luck's on the field. Both so, of them are healthy. Yeah. Top ten. I, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. And it's all. No, I don't think it's crazy either. And I the, the emergence of Thielen, just a little bit knocks digs down a little bit in my eyes, whereas T.Y. Hilton is clearly the best receiver the Colts have. It is not close. All right, rest of season, Cameron Brait, David Njoku, or Jordan Reed? That's a tough one. I'd say up Reed until, recently, until the injury. Throw Reed out up until recently, and now and now you might want to hold I'm, Reed. I'm going to go Cameron Brait. I think I'm also going to go Cameron Braid. Boy, too much agreeing this week. We, no, I know, but we know what that. We'll we'll get some disagreements if you keep going. But that one is is uh, we just know what Braid's role is. You know yeah. what I mean? And with Reed, what lowers Reed for me is like he's been he hasn't had it happen yet this year. But I just don't trust him to play all sixteen like, to play sixteen games. Braid, I'm less worried about that. And I know what his role is. Uh, PPR, DJ Moore against the Seahawks or Traquan Smith against Atlanta? <laughs> so you need a home uh-huh. run, do you? Uh, so you need a home run. Huh. I don't know why, but I'm inclined to go DJ Moore. So am I, which, which, is, which is why I almost want to mistrust it. It's more. Is it? I I I vaguely recall seeing something with Trey Quan Smith being kind of beat up. And if that's the if that is my how I will split them. Uh, yeah, questionable. This is it. Yeah, he didn't practice. Yeah, with Trey Quan Smith beat up, this question answers itself. It's DJ Moore. Right, PPR, rest of season, Juju Smith-Schuster or Mike Evans? Huh. I'm going to go Evans by nose. All right, we're going to disagree on this one. I'm going to go Juju. Yeah, it's close. It is. It's just with Juju, I feel like there's the higher floor, there's more consistency, where Mike Evans this year has either been a 40 or a 4. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of – it does come down to that. It's nice thing. to have the so 40s. Why Don't get me wrong. Oh, but it's the four yeah, is kill you. Great. The four might kill you. Yeah, it's a uh, it's just a function of that offense because they're so high powered and they spread the ball around so much. But I go Mike Evans by a nose because of the forties. Whereas Juju, I don't know how many forties you're going to get out of that. Uh, this one's going to be pretty easy. PPR. Who should I pick up off waivers? Josh Adams or Kiki QT? It's Josh Adams. Josh Adams because running back scarcity. If you need a running back, you go that way. All right, non PPR. Looking at a flex. Mark Ingram, Joe Mixon, or Kenny Galladay has Breeze and Kamara, if that matters, for Mark Ingram. I know you hate playing the same guys on the same team. I don't like playing three guys, on the, but in this case, I don't know that it matters because it's that Thursday night game. So you're putting a lot of eggs in your... Uh... In one basket yeah, there. you do it, though, the Saints but offense. If you're going to – if man, that's a good – that's a sturdy-looking basket. <laughs> that's a, that's a good-looking basket. Uh, what is that, hand weave? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's artisanal. Oh, man, this is nice. Like, it is standard you know, scoring, non-PPR. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, cool. Thank you for clarifying that. All right, so 
Steve. I'm going to go so Joe Mixon at home against the Browns. It's Mixon, Ingram, and Galladay, right? Correct. Yeah, I go Mixon. I go Mixon. With Kenny Galladay, non-PPR against the Bears on Thursday. PPR, we would be having we would be having a different conversation. I don't think Marvin Jones is going to play. I might go Kenny Galladay, even though it's the Bears, just because they're going to get obliterated. So they're going to have to throw it. I just there's a chance. But Joe Mixon is definitely the the safer and I think just better play overall because he's going to get you. He's the most likely to get you some sort of touchdowns. Right, exactly. And that's what it comes down to in standard. It's just touchdowns. So I go Mixon. All right, there we go. That's it. We only really had one disagreement. It was the Mike Evans one. It's not like last week where we had to pick between three right, tight ends. And, not, and, and it didn't like really two, have to like hit you with a sledgehammer. The saddest right. tight end. Shout out to that guy, by the way. And I apologize because we don't have your handle handy. But if you're listening to this, and I hope you are, sorry, bro. Right. <laughs> it was Hireman, but it was a six. Yeah. Like that's not. That's not. It was a six. I, three I, and a you half know what? I hope he. I hope he like, went with me uh, and he won that game by one point. Yeah. I hope that was it. Yep. Yeah. That's what Screenshot it would have been. me. That's what it would have been. Oh, that's what it would have been. Oh, and shout out to all the people who had to who got to play Mahomes, and shout out to all the other people who had to play against Mahomes last night. Cause oh, 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 oh my God. Oh, six touchdowns. Man, I had such a lead <laughs> in that PFF league last week, and I was playing against Tyreek Hill. Oh, like Todd geez. Gurley only had a twelve point four. So I felt good about that. And Tyree yeah, Kill had a 43 and a half. He's a decoy. We're using him as a decoy. Brutal. What did Tyree Kill finish with? 43 and a half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that is actually is what it brutal. Is. Yep. It's a good way to look at it for the rest of this season. I won like $6 because of Patrick yeah, Mahomes sure. daily. <laughs> Literally because of that. It's a, that's a whole, this year, this whole year. If that's the future of football, by the way, buckle up. I never, I never thought the future of the NFL would be Pac-12 football. (laughs) I really was watching that, and I'm like, man, it's uh, (laughs) it's Oklahoma State versus Texas Tech out here. (laughs) Just hucking it down the field, just over and over, scores on every drive. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Steve, I think that's a good place it to is. call it. I think we're we're right about at time. Ladies and gentlemen, the Thanksgiving edition of the important nonsense. Yep. Week Everybody 12. Enjoy your holiday. In the books. Enjoy your holiday from all of us to all of yours. Everybody. Just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.